0: Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Aggie Wagon Podcast, a place for New Mexico State men's basketball skeptics, fanatics, doubters, and really anyone who likes basketball. I'm your host, Stephen Wagner. Let's shoot the breeze. I'd like to start off by thanking our listeners for tuning in to this inaugural episode. We are thrilled to have you here, and we cannot wait to get started talking about NMSU men's hoops. We've got a fantastic show in store for you guys today to help preview the upcoming basketball season. We're going to have former first and second team all wack selection Jabari Rice on later in the episode to talk about tonight's season opener against UC Irvine. And maybe he'll even talk a little bit of trash, but I know he won't because he's Jabari Rice and he's going to represent NMSU basketball with pride, dignity, and class. So clearly the biggest news over the last few days is that NMSU is officially bound for Conference USA after the Aggies officially announced their intent to join the conference in summer 2023 on Friday. Obviously this is the biggest for Aggie football which hasn't had an FBS conference since 2017 when it was in the Sun Belt but this is very significant basketball news and this is a basketball podcast. So let's talk about what this means for the men's hoops team. Now I am not going to tiptoe around the obvious. Conference USA is an upgrade as a basketball conference. Yes, the WAC has some teams that have had obvious basketball success, but Conference USA has some clear advantages in program size, financing, recruiting, all of that stuff. And I feel like I should mention that reports indicate the WAC plans on adding McNeese State and the University of Incarnate Word, presumably to make up for the expected loss of NMSU and Sam Houston State because Sam Houston State is going to Conference USA as well. So, assuming the conferences realign the way we think they're going to realign, let's compare how they actually look. So, the remaining Conference USA schools are Louisiana Tech, Florida International, UTEP, Western Kentucky, and Middle Tennessee State. Although Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee are rumored to be in discussions with the Mid American Conference, Conference USA is down to five teams after basically everybody left for either the American Conference or the Sun Belt, and that could get down to three teams fairly soon. Now they're going to add NMSU, Liberty, Sam Houston State, Jacksonville State. So I'm definitely willing to bet that, that, that the conference is going to expand. It's going to continue to get bigger. And so right now, the WAC has 13 member schools, including New Mexico State, which has the highest chem ranking of all WAC teams at 109th in the nation. Stephen F. Austin is the next highest at 138. Now the WAC as a whole... Their average Ken Palm ranking is 217. The new Conference USA's average Ken Palm ranking is 149. So the competition will be getting significantly better. And keep in mind, whenever I I came to the number 149, I was including every team that is going to be in the new Conference USA, including New Mexico State, Liberty, Jacksonville State, Sam Houston, all those good boys. So again, for reference, NMSU is 109. I know some Aggie fans are going to be panicking and worrying the Aggies are going to have a basketball drop-off, but I want you to consider this. Beginning with the 1990 NCAA tournament, until now, the Aggies are averaging making the tournament literally every other year. 30 tournaments, 15 appearances. That's a 50% hit rate. And during that time, they've been in three different conferences— and the athletic department wasn't always operating in a budget deficit and trying to find ways to scrounge up the dough to compete with other schools in battles over coaches, facilities, all that junk. But, and this really knocked my socks off, it's been in six basketball conferences in the school's history, and the only time the Aggies made the tournament their first year in a new conference was 1971. And that was the, that was the year after the Final Four run, whenever Lou Henson was the coach. So that that tells you how long ago this was. NMSU was going into its first season in the Missouri Valley Conference. But I'm not going to hit the panic button just yet. So what does this mean? Let's let's think about this. It means NMSU is adaptable to its competition. It just might take a little bit of time. So Aggie fans, for those of you who are a little bit anxious, I'm telling you guys, just be patient. You know, things really are going to be all right. Because once you get through those first few years, and you actually get to adjust to the schools in the new conference, what their athletic priorities are, their style of play, coaching styles, all of that stuff. Winning gets easier, especially for good coaches. And NMSU has a fantastic coaching, Christians. So the Aggies are going to be fine long-term because this school and this community value the heck out of basketball. And so there's always going to be an emphasis on finding ways to make basketball good. Because the odds are, if you value something higher and you focus more of your attention and put more resources to it, you're probably going to be better at it. So, you know, why is the SEC so good at football? Because all of those schools collectively value the heck out of football. You know, they have the slogan, it just means more. It literally does mean more to them. And NMSU is exactly the same way for basketball basketball means more to NMSU. It means more to the city. It means more to the community. It means more to the student body. You know, this is something that the community and the university get excited about. And so knowing that the university, the athletic department, they're always going to throw resources toward finding ways to make sure that basketball succeeds. And Mario Mocha, the athletic director, he gets that. You know, he it, it, it's not like he doesn't understand the place that he's at. He is an NMSU grad. He's a very savvy and socially aware athletic director. You know, he gets that basketball needs to be good. And more likely than not, NMSU is always going to be fine regardless of the mid-major conference that's in. It just might take time. There's two ways that you can succeed immediately in a new conference when you're jumping up to face stiffer competition. You can either have unbelievable talent that was undervalued which, quite frankly, is how NMSU has built the powerhouse that it has in the WAC. You know, it's been able to find this talent that's been undervalued and it's been, it's been able to mold it into something special that can, win, that can win a conference and get into the tournament. And again, this year in the WAC, NMSU has both, and they are very close to the level of Louisiana Tech and Liberty. Louisiana Tech's ranked 88th by Ken Palm. I think Liberty's 90th which would be the top two basketball schools if Conference USA, if the new Conference USA began this year. Not to mention, they're going to be right down the road from rival UTEP, which is, I, you know, rivalry games are fantastic for everybody involved. You know, that, that's, something that, that's something that both universities really need to value. And NMSU can compete in this new Conference USA, and they are going to compete in Conference USA. Just be patient because it's going to take a little bit of time. And once they're able to get over that hump, not saying that there will be a hump, but there might be, and they're able to adjust to the new standards of a conference, you know, the new style of play of a conference, really everything that entails jumping into a new conference because of the way NMSU values basketball regardless of what conference that they're in, you know, among among mid-major conferences, regardless of the conference that they're in, they are going to be okay, because they're going to adapt and they're going to adjust the way that these other schools adjust, because they're all vying for the exact same goal. And that's the beauty of jumping up into a new conference. You're going to see, you know, new allocations of resources. You're going to see new resources become available, especially once, uh, once NMSU begins receiving media rights payouts from the conference. You know, everybody in the new Conference USA is going to benefit from this. That's kind of the point of having conferences, more generally speaking. And so, like I said before, NMSU can compete, and they're going to compete. It just might take a little bit of time, and we just might need to be patient. All right, folks, I want to take a minute to welcome in the Aggie Wagon's first podcast guest, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Jabari Rice. Jabari, how are you doing today, and welcome to the show.
1: What's up, my man? Thanks for having me
0: today. We're so happy to have you to have you here joining joining us. And uh, I think me and the listeners have a couple of questions that uh, you know we're definitely hoping that you can answer for us.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Okay. All right, Jabari. So uh, you're entering your fifth year with the program, which you know, in the age of the transfer portal is, you know, becoming a little bit more and more rare. Uh, so being such an experienced player, you're clearly a leader on this team. But I'm curious to know, what does being a good leader look like to you? What is leadership like?
1: Uh, someone who brings it every day. Someone who's who can be held accountable, even when the coach is getting on you. Someone who can take coaching. Someone who's coachable. Someone who's allowed themselves to be coaching. Someone who sets a, a real example for other players. So players can't say that. Oh, he's doing this, or "He he gets to do that, or he gets to do that. Someone you can always say, and I always look back to it to be doing the right thing.
0: So when we talk about championship teams with high roster turnover, you, you usually think of schools like Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, those guys. But you guys have been really great under Coach Jams with a roster that's, you know, more than 50% new players in what seems like every mm-hmm. single year. Uh, so as someone who's been inside of this system, what's the key to getting teams to gel like this when you have that roster turnover?
1: Um, Just buy it in. It's a buy-in factor for everybody. If you can get 1 through 10 or 1 through 15, 1 through 7, however many guys you have on your roster, if you can get them to buy into what Coach James is, is trying to teach, which is toughness, rebounding, and, and defending the ball, then success comes. And it's just proven from, from the years that I've been here. So if all those guys can jump on the bandwagon, as you say, and, and, and follow Coach James and just let him lead us to the wins, and we do, we do what we have to do on the court and let him coach us, then we'll be fine.
0: So you guys have a ton of, you know, really talented new players again this year. But so far, who's a new name that has really impressed you, you know, in practice, in scrimmages and all that stuff, impressed you to the point where you think, you know, wow, fans are really going to be surprised by this guy on opening night?
1: Uh, of course, Teddy Allen. Uh, before he came, I didn't really know him like that. I know him a little bit just because uh, one of my old teammates know him like that, so we kind of had a little bit of connect, but not really. But he's just uh, like my right hand man. He's if if I'm not if I'm off, he's on. If he's off, I'm on. If if I'm in a drift and he's driving, he's looking for me. If I'm in, if I'm driving, I'm looking for him. Fast breaks, I'm looking for him. You know what I mean? We just have like a little uh uh chemistry on the court and it's kinda clicked automatically. We both know what we're here for. We both know the goals that we're trying to uh reach and, and we both have the same mindset and we both get in the gym. We are both hard workers. So I mean like it was just a natural hit off.
0: Yeah, so that really leads beautifully into my next question. What does Teddy Allen bring to the table? You know, he's clearly a name that's generated a lot of buzz throughout his career. Uh, we saw mm-hmm. his scoring ability during the open scrimmage that you guys had a few weeks ago. You know, he was a name that people knew at Nebraska and West Virginia. Yeah. But what is he, you know, what's he like in the locker room and as a teammate?
1: Uh, He's funny. Like, he's just a fun guy. He's a good guy. Everybody likes him. He's a good guy to be around. Uh he's a good guy on and off the court. You know, we hang off the court just 'cause he's one of my guys. I don't know, he's just a good dude. Aggie fans can expect a whole bunch of scoring from him because that's what he does. He's becoming a better defender every day he's working on being a better defender, being in the right position. And uh every day he's working at that and becoming a better defender, but scoring wise that's that's first nature, man. And you'll get that you'll get that more than anything from him.
0: Now, your season openers tonight against UC Irvine, and the biggest and most obvious news is that you will be back in the Pan American Center with fans in the stands for the first time since March 5th, 2020. I had to look that one up, which is a very long time. How excited yeah. are you to be playing back at home again? And what are you expecting to see from fans on opening night?
1: Well, I'm expecting the fans just to be crazy and and, and wild tonight and just Uh, allowing us to come out and play our game and just being behind us, win or lose, or being behind us if we're down or if we're up. And It's been so long since we actually can see people in uh, in the stands. And even with the Crimson and White game, it was just kind of surreal just to kind of go through the motion and kind of go through the the warm-ups just to see people come in. So once I hear the five, the doors are, are now open and I see everybody coming in, it'll just be a different feeling.
0: So taking a look at the anteaters, what what would you say is the scouting report on them? What do you think they do well? And, you know, what are some concerns you have about going up against them?
1: Uh, they're a tough rebounding team. They just play tough. And that's just the uh, number one concern for us. We just out, have to out-tough them. It's not about talent. It's not about height. They just play tough. It's hard over height and hard over talent for them. So if we come out and play tough and we come out and, and, and play hard like we've been playing and how our culture has been for the past years, then we'll, we'll have no problem getting the job done.
0: Now I'm guessing you guys are probably pretty amped up to start the 2021 season, am I right? Oh yeah, for sure. More than anything. So on opening night, when there's all of these emotions flying around and the crowd is amped up and there's so much going on and you haven't played you know, in front of your home crowd in so long, how do you keep yourself from playing totally out of control and you know how do you you know how do you keep your emotions from getting the best of you whenever you know you're so amped up and there's so much energy in the building
1: um just think about it like you've been here before and it's and it's just you got to get the guys to be on the same level you just got to get the guys locked in and know it's a bigger purpose than just everybody being here just the first game you you have to win the first game nobody wants to lose the first game and you want to go out there and play your hardest and and coach always gives us distractions in practice. Like, whether it's coaching distractions, different. Like, not, not calling the foul, refs, you know what I mean? Just every type of distraction that you can have, getting into you, like anything. Any type of distraction you can have, he puts us in those situations. So, I mean, like, it should be natural for us to not buy into the crowd and not buy into to losing our focus. But, of course, having a crowd and having people in the stands makes a, a, a difference and it's a big factor.
0: Now, have you guys talked at all about what your ambitions and goals are gonna be for the twenty twenty one season? Yeah, you know, what are you guys hoping to accomplish this year
1: uh just like every team we have our own goals we're uh but this year, I think it's a bit more a bit more um crucial. We're trying to take back our our championship rightfully um get back to how we used to play. We're trying to win the actual game in the tournament and more way more cause we have the team to do it we have the ability to do it. And we're just trying to hit the eight, uh, AP Top 25, go undefeated, you know, a lot of a lot of different things. The goals you set for yourself every year, cut down nets, win championships, wherever it is, Myrtle Beach, Swag Tournament, NCAA Tournament, whatever tournament we're in, conference season, regular t- uh, championship, everything. We, we need every type of championship, every everything that's available for us to win, that's
0: what we want to win. That's mighty ambitious. And it sounds like you guys have a have a lot of things you're shooting for this season. Now, yes, I'm going I'm going to finish with a personal question because I'm still new to Las Cruces. <laughs> I've only been here a couple of months and I'm familiarizing yeah. myself with everything here. So, what is your favorite place to eat in Las Cruces and what's your favorite dish to get there? Because there's still a lot of food that I really need to try.
1: Okay. Um, that's kind of hard. So I'll give you three different places. Um, All right. Okay, so we have Chachi's restaurant. I like to get the smothered chicken, shredded chicken burrito, lettuce on the top, and tomato. It's pretty good. It's like really good. I'm I'm not a big uh, Hispanic food guy, but that's that's pretty good. Um, I go to I go to Chili's. I'll get the <laughs> the big mouth Bites. They're little burgers, I guess. Yeah, potato, mashed potatoes, and asparagus. I get that every time I go to Chili's. Or I'll go to Applebee's. Get the salmon uh the black salmon garden the garlic mashed potatoes and some broccoli it's pretty good
0: chilies and applebees i'll uh I'll make sure I add those to the to the list
1: <laughs> yeah, of course
0: chachi's Mexican restaurant that's pretty good too gotcha, gotcha well jabari, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show, and I'm definitely looking forward to talking to you again soon, yeah, thank you for having me, my man. And ladies and gentlemen, that was Jabari Rice himself here on the inaugural episode of the Aggie Wagon Podcast. What a great guest to have on the show, and like I said, we're definitely looking forward to talking to him again. Okay, so last but definitely not least, I'd like to introduce a segment I'm going to call the Way Out Wagner Prediction for tonight's game against UC Irvine. Now, the Anteaters can play. They're ranked three spots below NMSU on Ken Palm, and they're coming off an 18-9 and season last year. They haven't had a losing season since 2012, and they're just three years removed from a 31 NCAA tournament season where they upset Kansas State in the first round. They played in the Big West Conference Championship game against UC Santa Barbara last year, and they have a ton of experience. Only three of their players are freshmen, which works out well because the Aggies only have three freshmen who aren't going to be redshirted this season, although I don't know if Cameron Crawford is going to be redshirted or not, so that's really down to two. However, this week's prediction won't be too way out for this Wagner. I'm going with New Mexico State 68-64 in the first game of the season and starting out the 2021-22 campaign 1-0, folks. Well, folks, that's it for Season 1, Episode 1 of the Aggie Wagon Podcast. Again, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. As always, be sure to leave a like if you enjoyed the podcast. You can follow the Las Cruces Sun News' NMSU basketball coverage on our website. And you can follow me on Twitter at StephenWag22. That's Stephen with a PH. So until next time, I'll bid you folks farewell and happy trails. She's got a smile. Oh, what a style. She just drives me wild.